Good morning and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. It's time to grab your cup of coffee, a little kiss of gratefulness, sit back and relax so we can chat about what is happening in the stars above us today, Friday the 13th, a day often filled with mystery and magic, fear and loathing, lots of different things that people think of with the 13th of the month uh, when it falls on a Friday. I tend to look at it as a sacred day where we are all capable of tapping into the magic, into the wisdom of the divine feminine. It was a distinctly feminine day, a day when the women would gather and they would um, set into motion their manifesting of peace or love or prosperity or abundance for the world around them for their community, for their tribes, for their families. So it's a wonderful day. It's also the birthday of my two favorite twins, Terry and Teddy. Uh, my husband, Terry, happy 66th birthday to you. Magic double sixes. And as I looked at his solar return chart, I see that there's a lot of focus for him this year in prosperity and abundance. I hope that shines onto me too. <laughs> Uh, anyway, thank you all for joining me this morning. Uh, I have sort of a mixed bag of things to talk about. We've done a lot of talking already about the solar eclipse, which will occur tomorrow morning and uh, or tomorrow, tomorrow. And um, and it's, you know, we've we've talked about how the, the state of the world at the moment plays into all of this and how it's not as positive as it absolutely seems like it should be. So I wanted to, I wanted to look at everything that's going on astrologically, human design wise, through the lens of what would peace look like? What, what would it look like if we looked through the lens differently, right? If, if instead of looking out and seeing clashes going on between Russia and Ukraine or Israel and uh, Palestine, what could we, or Hamas, what could we see instead, right? Because we are actually the creators. One of the things that the moon in Libra tells us is that we are the collaborators in what we call reality. And that's waxing very metaphysical, but it is so very true, right? If you're looking out onto the world and seeing nothing but war and strife, then the only way that we can change that is to change what's going on within us. And some of the planets starting actually today are moving into an area of our human design that can really help us facilitate that. And it comes when we get out of our minds. <laughs> Funny thing, Libra is an air sign. Air sign is about the intellect. It's about the mind. It's about the thinking processes air right it's an air element sign and yet it's ruled by venus a planet that is more associated with fire right the fire of love the fire of blessings so it's an interesting sort of conundrum if you will right conundrums are places where we have to sort of solve a problem in some way usually we have to do that in a creative way because it's not altogether obvious from the very beginning how it is we're designed to change things or how it is that we could change things so it's a time to be creative it's a co-creative it's a time to be collaborative 
and a time to be cooperating. This comes from both moon and sun being in the sign of Libra. And here we are on this sacred day where women were the traditional peacemakers, right? They were the ones that held the space of peace in the family, of bringing people together, of being the collaborators and the co-creators, right? Not that men weren't a part of that or not that the divine masculine wasn't a part of that, but it was definitely the divine feminine. When you look at the family unit, just a family unit, it is the mother that everybody looks to for nurturing, for caring, for um, bringing in those energies of love. And again, it's not that the divine masculine isn't capable. It just doesn't fall naturally into their role, right? So when we're, we're looking um, at the energies of the sun and uh, especially the sun and the uh, north node, south node, in an eclipse, what we're looking at is the possibility of seeing things more from the divine feminine point of view. And let me show you why I say that. By the way, good morning, Pam and Linny. It's great to have you with us. TJ and Terry, of course, great to see you. Uh, who was first in here? It was Christine Buckingham. Good morning. And she says, happy birthday to TJ and Terry, uh, or Terry and Teddy. Um, Linny says she was born on Friday the 13th in November. This is the most magical day of the goddess, and today is my good friend Mary B's birthday. It's a good day. There's a lot of people's birthdays that are actually today. Um, TJ says, thank you, Living Astrology, love the cast. I don't know what you mean by that, but Terry Strauss, hello to you. It's great to have you with us this morning. And uh, Lenny says, yeah, let's all hold and vision peace. And I'm going to tell you exactly why and how it is that we can do this. Nico, happy Friday to you as well. Leslie Arboleda, great to have you with us. And y'all make it a great day. I love that. Of course, we make the day, right? We do. Um, if you guys will remember back, go back in time to 2005, when there was the first um, secret out, the movie, The Secret. And I loved that Joe Dispenza, who you know now is this big name, um, said, I create my day, right? I create my day. So what does that mean? It means that whatever it is that you are focusing on, whatever it is that you are intending is what you create through the day. And I mean, I have so many different things in my repertoire of stories that I could share about how things can change when you make an intention right? When you set an intention. So I love it. I love it. So let's start this morning by talking about the moon in Libra. And then I'm going to move to human design and show you the human design chart and where all of the planets seem to be residing right now and how it is we can use those energies to create more peace, love, blessings in our lives. So today the moon is in Libra already. I also want to call your attention back to you're going to have to go way back in time here till April when we um, experienced, actually it was March 22nd when we experienced the uh, spring equinox. And that was when the sun came into zero degrees of Aries, the opposite sign of Libra. And it began the year's energy. So I actually, I was going through this morning trying to figure out, well, what am I going to talk about? And I came across that chart. I must have left it in my uh book here so that I could go back to it. 
And one of the things that I noticed, just looking at it, just for that brief moment, was the number of planets and signs, or planets in signs at the 29th degree, or in the latter two to three degrees of the sign, which means that as we, be, as we walked into the astrological year 2023, we were looking at a lot of karma being hopefully blessed and released and, and let go of, or at the very least, we are learning the lessons, bringing them all home uh, from all of the different signs that were in those, uh, from the planets and the signs that were at those later degrees. Now, if you'll remember, um, the uh, eclipse uh, in in April was at zero, was at 29 degrees of Aries. So we have a 29 degree Aries solar eclipse that was the last one six months ago, that is just now culminating with tomorrow's solar eclipse in Libra. So we see, you know, things that we might have, the themes of um, knowing your identity, self-love, um, self-sufficiency, independence, that were born at the beginning of the year, find their culmination point now in tomorrow's new moon solar eclipse where the energy of 21 degrees libra takes over and in that respect what takes over is finding inner peace finding that inner peace and then shining it outward so that the world begins to see the um, way that things could be when we bring peace into the planet so I hope that makes sense to people. So looking back sometimes gives us the perspective of what it is that we're doing now. So now when we fast forward to this eclipse and we're looking at the moon in Libra, where it's a partnership sign, right? Where Aries was all about the I am, this one is all about the we are. So in Aries, we pull in our own self, we get, we individualize, we have our own identity. And now we have to learn how to blend ourselves, our strength, our authenticity, our authority with the we, right? Now we become community, we become tribe, we become nation, we become earth, we become family, right? So it's it's really kind of, I don't know if you guys are feeling it the same way I am, but it's almost feeling like this is a turning point of some sorts where we choose now. Do we go on as enemies? Or can we choose family and become more like peace-loving family members? It's an interesting thought, guys. Just interesting. All right. So, of course, Libra, the three Cs, collaboration, cooperation, and co-creation. I just love those words because it really puts us into this team feeling or into this family feeling. Libra is also a sign of culture and the social graces. How do we get along with one another? Can we use tact and diplomacy in solving problems rather than bombs and laser guided missiles? I don't know, because have we ever really tried that? I don't know, maybe in some golden age of the past we did. And I think it's exactly where we need to push ourselves now in as we go forward. This is a sign of the scales, so balance and harmonizing, weighing options, uh, seeing opposing viewpoints and bringing those into balance. In other words, looking at all the sides of something and then finding the most collaborative way for a solution, both in our families, literally in, in our homes, but also in our world around us. And what we're seeing out there 
is war. And we're seeing that because we haven't completely embodied the thought of peace within us. Right, we're still working on it. We're a work in progress as it relates to this kind of energy. And will we ever see peace out there completely unless we can build it from within? And that means solving the problems that you have in your life, in your relationships, in yourself, right? So we have to look within in order to see how it is that we can create something different in the world around us, right? And we each have a job to do that for ourselves, right? And then we're adding that to the pot. It's like making a soup, right? You know, we have, oh, 15 million people over here. We're able to bring peace in. So now we're that much closer to the soup being completed. And for us to be able to sit down at the table of peace and love and joy and pleasure and family, camaraderie, whatever words you want to use here. And each time a planet makes a change from a sign into another sign or from a human design gate into another gate, it layers the next potential for our expression of those ideals. And though they are ideals, right? They're not necessarily real yet, but they are definitely ideals to which we can aspire to become. So the first thing that jumped in this morning as I was looking at all of the different um, gates of the human design is that Jupiter, the planet of growth and expansion and consciousness evolution, our inner guru that's expressed as the outer master, moved into the gate 24 this morning. The gate 24, I'm going to share my screen with you all uh, as I go down these different um, places in the human design chart. So you're all seeing my human design chart. This is just a made up one. This isn't a person. This is just showing us where all the planets are at the moment. And right up here on the Ajna, the second center down, which is called the center of the mind. Literally, this is mind thinking, um, how it is that we uh, view the world through our thought processes, right? So this is a, a center of awareness, frequently, we try to solve our problems through thinking and it's impossible because there's no energy in the Ajna with the exception of awareness and consciousness, right? We can become aware of what we're thinking. We can become aware of uh, what it is that our options are, but there's no energy for taking action there. Okay. So it's an awareness and the awareness that we are birthing right now is the, through the gate 24 in quantum human design called the gate of blessings. This is a gate. I just can't, I, it just gives me chills to even think about how the potential here is for us to see the blessings in our old stories and to change our stories to include what we want to see in the world. Right? Are you tired of war? Are you tired of fighting? Are you tired of bickering over stupid things? I am, right? I'm tired of seeing that in our world. So what can I do about that? Well, I can tap into those stories, find the blessings in everything that has occurred, and then put out the different viewpoint of or perspective of, of the blessings in disguise. In in uh traditional human design, the gate 24 here was called the gate of ra rationalization. And here is where some of the old patterns and beliefs about who we think we are, about what we think we can do, 
are being expressed right here in the ajna the energy of this uh the theme if you will of the center is certainty so when it's defined in somebody's chart a person's chart it is where they find certainty they believe what they believe and it makes it very hard for them to be open-minded so the invitation for all of us at this point in time is to become more open-minded to sort of look at the assumptions in the beliefs that we have and to change those assumptions right assumptions are you know they're kind of like opinions everybody makes them everybody has one <laughs> and here it is time to make a change here now it also encourages us here that with jupiter here especially to embrace the unknown um, embrace the changes that need to be made and that are happening in our world or in our lives and to help us put apply wisdom and understanding to both ourselves and others uh, without getting stuck uh, stuck in a mental loop if you will right or a um stuck in rigid opinions or stuck in it can only work this one way or it's always going to be this way because it's always been this way, right? That kind of thinking is a loop and it doesn't allow for the potential here of the gate 24 to break free from that loop and to move into inspiration, right? This gate 24 moves up to the gate 61 of magic and inspiration and looking at things from a higher point of view right? Being inspired. The head center is the center of inspiration. It brings in what more is possible instead of what is and only can be, right? So Jupiter will be in the gate 24 here for quite a while. And we get this opportunity to see the blessings in every experience that we've had, good or bad, right? The, the, the whole idea of blessings is to look at yeah, we have this littered past, maybe, you know, heartbreak or, you know, financial problems, health issues, death in our families, etc. But what did we gain from those experiences? That's what we want to bring forward, the blessings. And Jupiter over the next several months is going to give us that possibility. Now, when we look at where the sun is at the moment, it's at the gate 32 right here on the spleen center. So when you look at this diagram, you can kind of see this area right here. Hopefully you can see my mouse moving around here or my cursor that this is the spleen center. And we've been talking about the, the spleen center because both the sun and uh, Mercury and Mars and eventually Venus have all been moving through uh, this particular center. And every gate here has uh, a dual face, one of survival, which is just barely making it or and can engender fear or thriving and flourishing, which means that we stare fear in the face and we go forward anyway. Right. So every gate right now that the sun is at uh, or that the inner planet seem to be kind of bringing home to us is this idea of letting go of fear. Or, as I say, often in human design, feel the fear and do it anyway. So what is the fear here in the gate 32? Now, this gate, by the way, is on a center that's deeply intuitive. So every gate here can also bring a sort of intuition to the forefront, right? Gate 57 
where the sun uh, is today is um, going to be the gate that we think of as the gate of intuition, right? It's clarity uh, through your gut instinct. But as we move into the solar uh, eclipse tomorrow, the sun moves into the gate 32. And this is a very creative energy. It's fear is failure, right? It's a fear that I'm not going to succeed, that everything I've done is going to, I'm no matter what, I'm going to fail. But it is also highly creative energy that can find innovative ways to solve problems, to succeed, right? It is opposite of the gate 54, which is the gate of ambition and drive. So we have this driving energy. In fact, I would say the 54 is the beginning of our uh, finding of our life purpose, the finding of our life's work, the finding, uh, the journey that's begun when we take our first breath, right? It is the gate we think of as ambition and drive, which seems to be more business related, but everything in our lives that we attempt to do starts with ambition or starts with a goal or starts with an intention. All those words are what describes the 54. And that gate moves out to the 32 to find success. And sometimes we find here, we don't have success. We have the opposite, we have failure. But what this gate 32 with the sun coming up tomorrow in the solar eclipse will give us is this energy to endure and persevere in order to bring our visions to pass. So in a way, the, when we are thinking about the world and wanting to bring peace, let's say, because again, this is a Libran gate. So peace is the theme, can be part of the themes anyway, is that we whole, are able to hold that vision and act from that vision, even when the outer world hasn't yet changed to show us that vision. I hope that makes sense to people because this gate sometimes is also called the gate of endurance, meaning we have to endure and we have to, if, if something is worth bringing into create creation, and I believe peace is worth bringing into creation, that we have to endure and, and stay the course and hold the vision of what it is that we desire in order to bring it in, right? The most successes you have in your life, if you look at it, the biggest successes are the most, um, the ones that feel the best are the ones where you've endured even through strife and struggle. And you succeeded even in the face of that. You endured, you persevered, right? You stayed that course. So what's in this for all of us is this, if we can hold, if we can get that vision, of what it looks like in a world. Do we even know what a world in peace would look like, right? What would that look like? And then hold that vision, holding it in your heart, and then also modeling your behavior after that level of peace or prosperity. You can do this with anything that you want to bring in. Then hold on to that and keep projecting that outward into the world until it comes true. We can do this. It's the... It's the nature of eclipses, and the eclipse is here, to show us the path forward. Well, one path forward is to see the blessings in everything, right? The other way right now is with taking risks and facing the challenges that are going to get us where it is that we want to go. This is also a gate that is adaptable, 
we can adapt to the changing circumstances uh, in the world. And it is also a gate that can greet the energies with of enthusiasm and optimism. It sounds kind of Jupiterian, doesn't it? Jupiter-like to have the sun here and being able to trigger our higher vision and then to create a, a situation where we're willing to hold course until we create that vision. It's a very interesting time. And this whole channel is sometimes called the channel of transformation because we can transform one reality to another through tenacity and determination, holding true to our vision, taking action that's based on our vision. And we can change literally the world by changing ourselves. All right. Now the earth, we always have to look at earth in a situation like this because the earth brings up the struggle. Um, and she's sitting here at the gate 42. And the 42 is sometimes called the gate of celebration the gate of completion. It is a gate of endings. It is where we let go of what no longer serves us or serves the world in order to move forward, to see and embrace the possibilities that arise when we let go. So can we let go of our anger, of our blame, of our shame, of our guilt, of the past and move forward fearlessly into a future, creating a world that we, that we can build on ideals and not, that's not to say that we ignore the real, right? We're not ignoring the fact that there are struggles in the world or that there is fighting going on in the world, but we're imprinting over that our wishes for peace to prevail seeing the bigger picture, not just what's happening here in the moment, but the bigger picture of how it is we can all come together to create a world that is much more inviting, right? Much more to our liking, much more peaceful, loving, kind, generous. You, you, you can fill in any word that you want here. And this gate, 32 with the sun and 42 with the earth, this connection can help us find closure, closure and peace with the past. Yeah, we know we've had these issues. <clears throat> they keep being, being drugged back up into the, the now. So if we can move forward with gratitude and wisdom, which is another energy of the gate 24, Jupiter is a gate of gratitude, the blessings and the gratitude and the vision of peace then we can create exactly what it is that we desire in the world. It's an amazing thing to see this built into your, into your human design, right? It's built there. Everybody has this right now. Anyway, everybody is getting triggered by this, <clears throat> but we all have all of the human design. So even if you in your own human design chart do not have it defined, meaning it's not colored in, it doesn't mean that you are not you are not capable of enduring or capable of creating peace or capable of blessings or capable of gratitude because you are it's there it's there in the template but you express it differently based on how it is designed okay now if we start to look at some of the other planets by the way if you notice that your double lines right here 
And there are double lines right here because it's not only the sun and earth that reside at these two gates, it's also the south node and the north node, right? The north node is encouraging us um, along with earth to let go of the past, find closure with the past, find peace with the past so that we can celebrate the closure. So we can celebrate the ending of the old way and greet with celebration a new way, a new way of being. It's pretty amazing. And then the south node over here, interesting because the north, the south node is what we want less of, right? So we want less of what the gate 32's fear is, which is a fear of failure or measuring um, our measuring success in dominating, domineering, aggressive ways, right? So, you know, we might look at a war going on between um, places and we think of winning or succeeding in that war is about becoming the dominant force between the two parties or however many parties are in there. Is that really peaceful? Right. Is there a better way to do this? Right. This opportunity is being squandered at the moment. Right. In the world, uh, because there's kind of this refusal to create from the higher perspective. Right. We're, we're trying to create peace or we're trying to create a solution, but we're basing it on everything from the past and the way that the world has always worked. And trust me when I say it isn't working. It's not going to work. We have to be able to greet this with a new in a new way. So the south node shows us what do we have to let go of? Well, we have to let go of the measuring of success and failure in the way that we have measured it in the past, right? Both individually, but also collectively. So there's that south node sitting here and the north node sitting here says we can celebrate when we let go of the past. We can celebrate celebrate when we are able to envision a future that is creating balance and harmony and peace and where we work together to solve problems. It doesn't mean we won't have problems. I wish, but that's not going to be the case because we grow and evolve because we have those challenges and struggles. And so in an ever evolving consciousness, um, we will find struggles. We will struggle. What is it? Karen Curry Parker always says struggle. Uh, struggle is in your design, but suffering is optional, right? So we can struggle and fight and keep moving forward, but we don't have to suffer in the doing of that, right? We can let go of that past. We can let go of those attachments and we can move forward in a new way. Now, just briefly, if we look at some of the other uh, planet placements here, feeding into all of this ability that we have to create a different world, to create from peace, to create plenty, is the Saturn placement at gate 55 right now. The 55 is called the gate of faith. It is sometimes called the gate of enoughness. It is a gate of spiritual abundance. And it's, it's on the emotional center. So it tells us that it's about a feeling, a mood, a, uh, a way that we align ourselves with a feeling. And in the 55, what we see is true abundance, true prosperity doesn't come from the sacral center of doing. 
It comes from the emotional center of aligning and recalibrating ourselves to a different energy. So the potential here is to keep recalibrating ourselves or to keep realigning ourselves with the energy of abundance through spirit, of divineness, of our of each person's divinity. Right? If we can see that every person, even the ones we don't want to like, and I'm not saying you have to like everybody out there, but you do have to understand that everyone, every seven and a half billion individual on this planet is of a divine creation. Let that boggle your mind for a minute. Seven billion or so divine sparks on this planet that are struggling to find meaning, to find peace, to find abundance, to find purpose. And yet right here, this gate 55 and Saturn showing us the duty, the responsibility, the foundation of all is to discover that this is all an inside job. That abundance comes as a birthright and all you need to do is align with it, have faith that it is yours, that it is possible in order to make it happen. It's amazing. Saturn sitting here for a very long time, off and on, right? Um, and then we also can look at Neptune. Neptune is also on this emotional center. And Neptune is at the gate 36. Neptune is the planet of unconditional love. So how do we bring more unconditional love? Well, it looks like at the moment it comes with a little bit of struggle, of restlessness, that we are having to work within our own selves to overcome restlessness to adapt to changing circumstances in the world. The 36 is probably one of the best gates for saying no. <laughs> the 29 says yes, the 36 says no, but let's say no to the right things, right? Let's say no to wars, to fighting. Let's say no to sending children to bed at night hungry, right? Let's say no to some of the authoritarian regimes and the way even in this country, there is an authoritarian theme that seems to be coming up. Let's say no to those things, right? Because they don't serve us in our higher humanity. They're not part of, should not be part of our experience of peace. So what do we do here? Well, we create new experiences, right? Here, the 36 is full of, well, I want to experience peace, plenty, fun, love, right? What do I want to experience? Not looking at the experiences that have been in the past. <sighs> All right, let's also go back to the spleen here for a second, because there's two other gates here that are being defined right now. Mars is sitting at 50. And actually, I think he's only sitting there for another day. Let me look, check my little ephemeris here. By the way, the 2024 is out now. So you can order that on Zen Human Design. Uh, or humandesignsystems.com and get your own copy. Um, so Mars today is sitting at the gate 50, but on the 15th, also on the, so the solar eclipse, he will also be at 50. And then he'll move on into the gate 28, which is called the gate of uh, struggle. <laughs> Fun. Um, but at the gate 50, Mars action right? He's the action principle is that we have to look at who it is that we are being responsible for. This whole channel right here, the 50 to the 27 is the divine feminine. This is the divine 
feminine energy. And here at the gate 50, it's about what do we value? And, you know, the role of mother, the role of the feminine is to put out into the world the values that we will live by and then to teach or train the younger members of society, your children, to live by those values. And then ultimately to become responsible and accountable for their own selves, right? That's what a mother's job is if you, you know, distill it down. That's what the divine feminine energy is. The, the, the divine feminine here being uh, catalyzed by a masculine planet Mars says it's really a time for us to go back to our values, to really look at values. You know, do we say one thing and do another, right? Do we say that we desire peace, but then we create havoc? Do we say that we value uh, our children, but then legislate things that don't support children? Do we say that we value life and then go around killing everybody? Again, this is, you know, I'm not, I can't make this stuff up, right? This is just stuff that is in our field right now. Are we living aligned to our stated values? And if not, why not? And if not, reestablish that baseline of living from your values. If every politician out there, rather than being political and uh, being kowtowing to money, moneyed entities, corporations and groups out there with lots of money that cloud their issues, right? We would have a completely different world because politicians then would be free to live from values, the values of their constituencies, right? The values that um, we uphold as humans, as humanities. And again, this is going to get easier. As I say that, I'm like, yep, we're going to have the dark days before we get to that light. But ultimately, as Pluto, the planet of transformation moves more fully into the sign of Aquarius, the idea of humanitarianism or of humanity becomes more powerful. That's a slippery slope, too. We'll talk about those sometime in the future. But we have, you know, the idea of being humane and acting from our values um, is something that will become more of this drumbeat as time goes on. But we also have the responsibility to live by our own values, right? That's one thing that you can do personally is to make sure that you walk your talk and that you talk your walk, right? That you're not saying one thing when doing a different thing. It's important, right? And sometimes we're not even aware of where it is that we've come out of alignment with our values. So we can all take some time to even, you know, consider, well, what are my values? What do I value? Am I in alignment with those values? Do I walk the line of that value? Do I talk uh, that value? Do I spend money along the lines of that value? Do I live that value? Big opportunity that we have for that right now. And of course, the sun is going to end up at this gate. Um, I believe Venus will also and Mercury will also end up at this gate and be beating this idea of value into living from values and teaching 
values to our families, friends, etc. Okay. We also today until tomorrow, we have the sun sitting here at the gate 57. I believe we talked about this on Monday when we were um, doing the morning show. We talked about the fact that 57 is the most psychic of the gate. So the, um, the potential to add to peace here is about being instinctually aware of the path to that particular blessing or to that particular um, ideal. Finding your instinct, your intuition about what to do or what to say or where to go and what timing to be the voice of peace, right? Or to be the presence of peace, right? We can be the presence of peace anywhere, anytime. We just have to embody it. So that's what the 57 is helping us to align instinctively, intuition wise with what it is that we can bring uh, as peace to the planet. Uh, when we look at Uranus, Uranus at gate 23 right now, gate 23 is such an interesting gate because it's about simplification, the simple path to freedom, which is what Uranus would be aligning himself with, right? He wants liberation. He wants freedom. He wants you to awaken, awaken to becoming more simple, not simple minded, but simple, right? We have this very complex life. Uh, how can we simplify it, right? How can we simplify it to the basics, right? The things that bring us together, the common denominators, and then awaken that and assimilate that into our beingness. And then let's see, who have I missed here? The gate 59. Uh, who is sitting at the 59? I think that's where Venus is right now. Uh, Venus is at the 59. And it's funny, Mars is on the feminine side. And Venus right now is sitting on the masculine energy side. So they are sort of bringing, they're in each other's territories, teaching their own brand of lessons uh, to each other's clans. So Mars is teaching to the Venus clan here, and Venus is teaching to the Mars clan here. And, you know, Venus is the planet that rules values. And the 59 in this masculine energy here is about protection, providing resources, taking care of, making sure that the, there's, uh, that the values get distributed to the people, right? So here we're teaching about the values, we're taking action. So I think Mars here is about, can we teach a new system of values, right? Of what, do we, what do we value? And Venus over here is melting down the masculine aggression and being able to help them see that part of their job is in defending, sure, but also protecting and providing, providing resources, providing pathways to peace, providing a distribution route, if you will, for humanitarian aid at this point in time. That's huge, right, for uh, along the Gaza Strip. So it's really interesting to find these two in each other's territories, each other's different sides. Um, but it also makes me think about Libra and balance and harmony. What better way to balance those two masculine and feminine principles by putting the ruling planets of those in each other's territory? Kind of fun. 
when you think about it that way. Uh, okay, so what else? 60, Pluto is at the gate 60. The gate 60, he's here all the rest of this year. And well, I think he tips out of the gate 60 one time next year and then goes back into the gate 60. And the gate 60 is called the gate of limitation. And it's about can we conserve our energies so that we have more um, resources to put to work in innovating new ways of being. So if we're spending all of our money, all of our time, all of our resources in a very broad way, Pluto will start to create the destruction, the, the destruction, excuse me, that will force us to focus on being more of what gate three is, which is innovative and inventive. So while um, this isn't comfortable. It's not comfortable to be limited. It's not comfortable to be brought into boundaries if you've been boundaryless. But it can kind of push us to become more innovative in how we use resources, right? In how we take care of the planet, in how we take care of each other, in how we solve our problems. So even though Pluto is sometimes the one that's going to drag us through the death process. His purpose in this is for us to kind of bring things in, refocus them like a lens of a camera, right? If it's too wide, you're seeing a wide field, you might miss some of the detail. So come in and focus forward and see that there are solutions ahead that can be built on innovation and inventiveness. Such a great new theme that we could bring into the world. Uh, okay, comments. Oh my goodness, there's lots of comments. Here we go. Uh, I missed Joan Durchie. Good morning. And Peggy Doyle, good morning to you. Asa, good to have you with us. And uh, Asa wishing Terry and Teddy happy birthday. She also had a birthday this week. Uh, we said that on Monday. I don't know if you were with us on Monday. Uh, so happy solar return for all of you whose birthdays have been this week. Christine says design side south node is at 24. So the design, that's your life purpose. So your life purpose passed. So you got to look at this in a different way, right? So the, the cup that holds your gifts and your talents and your past is sitting at the 24 which might have been a past of over-rationalizing things. And the life purpose now would be about finding the blessings in those things rather than rationalizing why things are the way they are, why you can't have what you want to have, why you can't do what you want to do, why you can't go where you want to go. Don't rationalize. Don't compromise yourself away. Instead, Use your gifts and your talents to find the blessings in those experiences and move forward. Uh, JLo, hello, hello, hello to you. Um, explains why my ears are ringing this morning. I'm not sure what that was about. So maybe you can tell us what you're talking about there. Uh, Christine Buckingham, mind connected to 61 Mars in Capricorn, right? 61. In it's an interesting energy because it's both magical and real. So I often think of it as magical realism in that gate. It's a place where uh, if we can kind of rise above the way that we think things should be, that, you know, we can create new paths, new inroads to um, 
to magic, to blending magic and real, right? Bringing them into concert here uh, in our lives. So uh, with Mars there, you're taking action on bringing to reality the magical, the metaphysical, right? The spiritual. And overthinking does apply, absolutely, because anytime you're in the Ajna, you are a thinking person. What I guess the biggest thing is to do is to put the mind in its proper perspective, right? The mind isn't a place for us to make decisions from. It helps us to compare and to contrast, to mentally engage information. But it is not where we make decisions. In human design, it's very clear that this, all the decision-making happens in the body, right? In the actual physical lower parts of the body, not up here in the mind. So if we work through, uh, so let's just use peace, right? We're trying to we're talking today about how can we bring more peace into the planet? It isn't going to come from the mind. It can start there with our awareness that we are out of sync with peace in our own lives somewhere. But then it has to move into the body for the action step to be taken to bring us into peace, to bring yourself into peace, or to bring that issue into peace. I hope that makes sense for everybody. Uh, positive, positive vibes. I love it. Positive like dogs or cats. Pause. Positive vibes. So happy to have you with us this morning. Thank you for finding us. Um, Terry Strauss, 57 is empty which it's not today <laughs> and it hasn't been all week. But here's the thing, Terry, you are a channel or a medium or a psychic, right? You're a psychic medium, whatever word you want to put out there. Having an open 57 in your natal chart gives you a wider bandwidth through which energies can stream into you. So it, it might be where you have problems really defining who you are in terms of being a psychic, a medium, or a channel, because you're all of them, but not all of them at the same time. Perhaps you're in a session with someone and you begin channeling information. Other times it's the medium that is bringing in information from the other side, or maybe it's the psychic that's seeing into the future of something that this person needs to know. So having the 57 open in the line of work that you're in can be so helpful. Um, if it were defined, let's say, you would have maybe a specific way that you would entertain that kind of intuitive knowing. And that might mean that you're not necessarily always open to all of the other ways in which it can come. So if there, there's no it's good to have it defined versus it's good to have it open. There's the high and the low for each way that it is defined. The difference is to know you in all of this, right? To know you and how it works for you. Okay. Peggy Doyle says, this is a global peace meditation. There is a global peace meditation happening today at Deer Park Monastery. You can join it on YouTube. Um, nice. Peggy, if you can go copy the uh, link for people to do that, I give you permission to post it here so people can find that. And Terry says she's batshit crazy. <laughs> no, you are not. You are not crazy at all. Now, I also want to call your attention to something that uh, I was hoping... Um, to bring this up uh, in a deeper fashion, but I had I got on my soapbox, I'm sorry. But if we look at the Pleiadian Earth 
astrology today, not only is it 13th from the Gregorian calendar, it is also 13 loving in the Pleiadian Earth calendar. I mean, that's extraordinary, right? This is not only, uh, it bring, it's like doubling the message of the sacred number 13, of the need for the divine feminine to rise to her proper place, to take her power on, but it's also loving energy. And loving energy um, is about finding the pathway through love. And exercising love as a bigger energy, not just I love you, but what would it look like to apply love to every situation? I really think, you know, when science looks at things like gravity and dark matter and all of that, I think that the, that what a metaphysician would call dark matter might be love because it's the force that holds this universe together and provides the, the, the framework for which we can aspire to become more divine in our human selves. Does that make sense to everybody? So here we see it on the calendar today, 13 loving. Um, and then tomorrow with the solar eclipse, the in, in the Pleiadian calendar, each week is 13 days. So we start on a one and we end on a 13 rather than seven, right? So it's a 13 day week. That makes, makes every week in the Pleiadian Earth energy calendar sacred because it's based on a sacred number, right? It's based on sacredness. And then that means tomorrow, if today is the 13, then tomorrow becomes the one and we start a whole new 13-day week with the energy of one feeling. Now, feeling energy is about the emotions, and about how we can feel our way into what is correct for us, how we can feel our way, because the topic has been peace, how do we feel our way into peace? You know, many times you'll see um, peace is an inside job, right? Love is an inside job. Peace is an inside job. Any prosperity is an inside job, because it all starts in here with you, right? Inside. And uh, that's that one feeling energy tomorrow is about starting something new to really recognizing how you're feeling and what kind of emotion are you broadcasting. And again, in your human design, you may be a broadcaster of emotion, but on the other hand, others of you might be empaths and you're taking in what other people are broadcasting as emotion. You've got to know your truth, which one is you, right? So it's important. Um, so take a look at your feelings. What are you feeling? So many times I think we think um, more than we feel. We're very comfortable with thinking. And then that means when somebody says, but how do you feel about this? It upsets everybody, right? We're like, I don't know. What do you mean? I think that peace is a good thing. I think we should work on peace. I didn't ask you about what you thought. I asked you how you felt. So sometimes feeling energy is something that we have to work at a little more. And remember, in human design, we are making an evolutionary leap in 2027 to be more aware and focused on emotional energy, becoming more emotionally adept, becoming more emotionally intelligent. Although I don't want to equate 
mind intelligence with emotional intelligence. It's different. Um, it means that as we begin to move through that mutation, the energy of emotion becomes very much more open to response versus reaction. And I, we see it happening all the time right now. The whole, the whole Israeli conflict right now is about reaction rather than response, right? I'm not saying it's good or bad or right or wrong, right? There's a reaction that is happening by Israel to Hamas, who was the trigger for said reaction. <laughs> so it means that at some point we have to look at all of those reactive ways that we behave in the world, uh, in our families, in our relationships, and change those to being responsive which means we take a bead, we take a breath, we breathe before we take action, right? Or we, we pause and we determine what comes next. We feel our way into the next step, right? What would be the next positive, loving, peaceful step that I could take, that we could take? It's tough. These are tough lessons that we'll be, um, that we'll be learning. Uh, okay. Uh, Peggy found the, uh, let me show that Peggy. So anybody can get to that. There is the YouTube link for the live. That will be the, uh, global meditation of peace. I love it. I love it. Somebody was really astrologically aware to have brought that out today. <laughs> All right. So in the last few minutes here today, I want to draw a couple of cards. I'm going to draw one from the Pleiadian wisdom since I sort of ended talking on Pleiadian wisdom. And, uh, oh, there was another deck I saw in here that I wanted to bring out today. And it is called The Seven Energies by Colette Baron-Reed. So here's this deck, The Oracle of the Seven Energies. And then this is the deck by P, uh, Pia and Colin, uh, the Pleiadian Wisdom Oracle cards. Okay, so we're going to pull that one first. And then we'll pull the seven energies, which we haven't used that deck in a while. So nature, light, 11, shine the light of who you are everywhere you go. Is that just a beautiful card? I love that. I love the colors. I love the, the saying, shine the light of who you are everywhere you go. Card number 11. I always love the number 11. And it's in the nature arena. So 7, 11, there we go. The light of your soul is always present in your heart and is reflected through your eyes. You are intended to see the light of each other's hearts through that reflection. As you reflect your light to connect with others, you raise the frequency and vibration between you. When you show someone who they truly are through the reflection of your light and unconditional love, the brilliance of your light enables that person to move beyond his or her own limited perspectives into a higher vibrational aspect of themselves. All aspects of light reflect love. You are love and light. Now, the Universal Energy 11, it says it's called Illumination, and it says you are light and you are connected to the light of source. Never forget to shine your light into the world. Whew. 
That's a great card for us to go into the solar eclipse tomorrow and into the energy of this new potential. All right, now let's see what this deck can add to that for us. And uh, Call of the Muse, card number 31. Wow, we've not gotten this card. I've never seen this card. This is a beautiful one too. Call of the Muse. Isn't the colors beautiful? She's graceful, flowing energy. So let's see what this says. Call of the Muse, card number 31. And it says, the key concepts, creative expression, being in the flow of creativity, tuning into inspiration, allowing creativity without being self-conscious, writing and journaling as a means of connection. When you feel the call of the muse, you are being invited to create, to be the artist choreographing your life, serving on behalf of the great artist, divine source. <laughs> While the process feels intensely personal, your ego and self-identification are, ironically, the most unnecessary parts of the equation. While you might think you own the magic of your creativity, can you truly say you're the source of the inspiration? Similar to the spirit of genius from card 29, imagine your creativity stemming from another spirit guide, the muse. Just as the genius needs to partner with your intellect, so too does the muse need you to open your heart and let magic flow through your intuition and emotions. Stop seeing yourself as the center of the process and instead see yourself as a partner in a creative dance co-creation, collaboration, cooperation. Sometimes you might be inside the music and the feelings, the story and its expression. Other times you observe from the sidelines, watching it all flow from an unknown yet deeply intimate source. Today, your muse is calling you to be a channel and allow the creative energy to flow through you. The energy of emotion is waiting to be given a voice, a name, a shape or a color. Journal, Finish that writing project, start something new, paint, sing, dance, and don't worry where any of it lands. It has its own plans for you. Your muse knows where this is all meant to go. For you, the big magic is in the experience of answering the call. Oh, I love it. The muse. Great cards. Uh, so thank you, Peggy, for finding that link for everybody. If you're so called, join the, medita the global meditation. Uh, the link is here in the video. And thank you all for joining me today. Blessings on your cruise through the solar <laughs> eclipse, new moon. And I will see you on Monday. Take care, everyone. Do you wish you could better understand yourself and what is going on in the world? Well, grab your cup of coffee or tea and join the podcast Living Astrology with Janet Hickox for Astrology, Human Design, and Gene Keys Wisdom. Mondays and Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. Podcasts are available on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and your other favorite outlets.